Balotelli. Aguero! Lewandowski goes through it again! Oh, he just can't do it! You just cannot be that good! That is an amazing goal! I think he's scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. I'm Billy, and with me is a man who some say is more excited for the release of the Bayern Munich documentary in a couple of weeks' time than he is to move in with his girlfriend. It's Lewis. Jesus Christ. I mean, let's hope that... I'm hoping that she doesn't listen to this episode. If, if she does listen to these episodes, I don't know. She probably doesn't want to listen to me talk any more than she has to. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> anyways, anyways uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie, that episode, that, that episode, that whole documentary, I'm going to live for that. I'm going to cry when Hansi Flick does his little goodbye speech because, you know, who wouldn't? He's a manager who won freaking seven titles in one calendar year. Tell me a manager who's done that. Huh? Huh? But yeah, enough about that. We shall move on to the episode that we're recording right now, where we will have a talk about Bayern and the dominance in the league that they seem to not want to relinquish. Then we'll have a look at, you know, the big news for any Bayern fan, at least 75K full capacity. The ultras have said they're going to be back, which means we're going to have singing in a Bundesliga stadium again, proper singing uh, in the Allianz Arena. And what that means, you know, with Corona and all that. And then we'll swing over to the Premier League where Jordan Pickford had something written on his water bottle. And we'll clear you guys up on what that exactly was. And is Mohamed Salah the best player in the world? All that and more coming to you now. Well, seeing as we, we touched on Pickford, let's start with that. So you're a, you're a goalkeeper. Yes. Is like paperwork and notes sellotape to the outside of your water bottle something that is it like a, a hashtag GK Union inside secret? Because we've seen like bits of paper and things like that. In the These... sock, yeah. Jens Lehmann, World Cup 2006 penalty shootout versus Argentina takes the takes the piece of paper out of his sock. And he blocked two penalties, so there you go. Yeah, we've seen crib sheets before, but this was like detailed notes. This was like a dossier. Oh, it was like a freaking... Dude, there was some Photoshop stuff going on in there because like someone had taken the time to put a graphic of a goal with red and green uh, footballs put where they missed the penalties and where they put them in. So, you know, someone went through some painstaking effort and... You know, if I had a, you know, coaching staff behind me who did that, then yeah, I would totally put be having that on my water bottle. But in all honesty, I'm happy that we're getting track suits and uh, like personalized track suits for my club. So I'm pretty sure the coaching staff is not going is not going to be up to that. You know, our single manager is not going to be printing out or is not going to be doing the research where people put their penalties. I highly doubt it. <laughs> Okay, I, I've wanted to ask this. 
uh, since I, I saw the notes on Pickford's bottle. Is it not just guesswork? Surely you can't work out where someone's putting a penalty. Well, you can because people usually, with a penalty, the pressure is so high that people usually favor one spot because there are so few kick takers who you will, pro- who you will see put it somewhere different every single time. You know, the, in, in Germany, we have a saying is like, don't like, before you walk over to the penalty spot, already decide where you're putting that ball and don't change your decision whatsoever because it will just screw with your mind and you will miss. So like you, you already have like, that's basically like one of those sayings, just choose where you want to put it early on before you have time to think about it and don't waver from that decision. So usually people will practice penalties and at some point they'll find out that one way shooting it, what one way of shooting it will be favored. There are definitely people who can probably put them in all sorts of places. I'd say Lewandowski is one of them. Ronaldo is probably another. Messi is probably another. You know, but those are, but still, they they will have some favored spots. And, you know, with a team like West Ham, why not? Especially after the <laughs> the debacle of the Mark Noble incident against United. Jeez. <laughs> even if he even if he was on the pitch, would you expect him to take one? Probably. Exactly. But still, that's from from the outside looking in, it looks always like you just throw yourself to one side and just hope, you know. Yeah, that but think got how much strong hands. Th- think how much how much the the player is gonna start shitting himself when you take out your water ball and start like to read, even if you pretend to read, like there's nothing actually on your water ball. You just pretend to like read some notes or whatever that is going to make a player do a double take and be like, wait, does he actually have something on me? No, wait, really? No. And then he's going to be doing all this guesswork in his head. And he's not going to be sure if he's got, if you've got something or not, and it's going to screw with his mind. It's mind games at the end of the day, given there definitely probably will be some information, some valuable information, but at the end of the day, it's, probably going to also screw with his mind as much, if not more than give you an idea of where he's going to shoot. And as a goalkeeper, there are like small tricks you can do as well to try and make a kick, make a kick taker go, go one way or the other. So one, one really, I mean, I don't know if I should be saying this, but one, one really favorite one is to stand one step left or right of the middle and make the striker think you are just out of position. And then the striker will see, well, one side he's leaving over uh, open more than the other. And then you basically just go to that side that you've left open a little bit. But then you already have the advantage because you already know where he's going. But then if you're further away from the corner, if they put it bang in the corner. Well, that's why you only take one step. In an ideal world, you're quick enough to take that one step over. And it's not even a one big step. It's like a half set. You're just adjusting yourself minimally because that also gives the kick taker the impression that you're just shit at positioning yourself. Well, there we go. The inside of the mind of a goalkeeper. Yes, sir. <laughs> Moving on from Everton. Jurgen Klopp made some, I was going to say interesting comments, but they're probably warranted that Mo Salah is the best player in the world right now. I mean, as much as Lewandowski is scoring like no one's business and doing so artistically, 
at this moment in time, probably Mo Salah is the best player in the world. Like it's it's unbelievable. He's he doesn't deserve the Ballon d'Or because he's only been doing this at this level where everyone just thinks they they've got to put their eyes back in because they're not seeing properly. He's only been doing this for like you know the last couple months. If you've been doing playing like this for the whole year or alongside Lewandowski, I would say he deserves the Ballon d'Or. But I'd say Mo Salah in high contention for next season because <laughs> the guy is unreal. That assist to Mane. Fuck. Outside of the boot. Doesn't but get much better than it that. It just seems to be he can't do anything wrong at the moment. Like no. everything, everything he touch, everything he touches is golden. Oh, it is. I mean, also take a look at uh him in the Champions League match because we recorded a little bit late due to technical difficulties. Sorry, it was meant to say that at the beginning of this episode. Technical difficulties have us recording on the Wednesday. So we will also gloss over a few topics that did happen in the Champions League. Um, but yeah, I mean, take a look at the way he dribbles past one, two, three players, cuts inside, puts it far post. You know, Jan Oblak's never getting to that. Not a chance. Yeah, okay. If we if we ignore the touch off of James Milner that it gets. It's still, the way he goes past three players yeah. and Atletico players are, if anything, renowned for the defending. Okay. I'm going to put this one to you now. And when we upload the episode this week, I'll also put a poll out on Insta. Current form, Mohamed Salah or Luis Suarez circa 2013-14 season? (laughs) Bit of context. In the Premier League alone for Liverpool that season, he scored 31 goals and got 17 assists. Salah or Suarez? Suarez. In that 13-14 season, he played 33 games and scored 31 goals. And added 17 assists. Um, I'm going to put a... I'm going to go with Mohamed Salah still. See, I would say I would say different. I would say Luis Suarez because as as good as Salah is to watch play football, there was always something about Luis Suarez. It just looked spectacular. There was an excitement to watch him play football. Oh, there was also an excitement to see if he'd bite someone else. But yeah. well, yeah, if we ignore the fact he's a massive arsehole <laughs> and you know has has bitten two two players. <laughs> But he's actually bitten three. He bit he bit one in when he was at Ajax as well. Oh, just give him one of those Hannibal Lecter face masks. Oh, he really? Does. That meme that meme was circulated so often as well. It was amazing. Um, but there was just I don't know. Yeah. There's just a spark of, for watching. I, I hated watching him do these amazing things. <laughs> like every time he played Norwich, he'd bang in three. Like he scored from just inside their half. He there was one against Newcastle where he, he touches it down, he takes it over for uh, Colicini, round Tim, Tim Krull and slides it in. It was like, oh my God. There's something yeah, so know, but... unorthodox about watching Suarez play football. Yeah, but but then take a look at the way Salah went through Man City's defence. You know, Man City's defence is probably one of the better ones in the league and or the best in the league, and they still... He still went through that defense like a hot knife through butter. 
I don't know. There was just, there's just so I, I will put the poll out and I, I, I will ask uh, Greg this as well. But there was just something about Luis Suarez. Well, I've got like, another. I'm, oh, sorry. Keep. keep well, I was going. just like going to say, I, as much as I'm not thrilled that Salah's doing so well, I don't, there's not this active dislike of him scoring those goals. Whereas <laughs> Luis Suarez was always it's like, oh, why can you not play for my team? I'd argue the same is still can be said for Salah, but uh, here's here's one for you. If there was an option to get Salah or Mbappe, who would you take? Honestly, I'd probably take Salah. Yeah, for me, this is clear as day. I'd because, much rather have yeah, Mohamed Salah I, than, than I'm one of those, you know, the minority. I don't think Mbappe is actually that good. No, I think he's very, he's got, he's definitely got sheer amounts of talent and all that. But I think his attitude is a little bit poor. I'd rather have Erling Haaland than, than Kylian Mbappe. I think Haaland is definitely more effective. Salah is more effective. It's just, I'm not a fan of Kylian Mbappe. It's, I don't want to keep bashing league, but I'm going to. It's. I'm sorry. It's not a league where you can start calling yourself the best player in the world. Because you know, I'm sorry. Ninety nine percent chance next season he'll be playing for Real Madrid, which also means he's going to a league which still isn't in the top two. I'm sorry, but ever since Barcelona and Real Madrid's downfall, <laughs> La Liga's gone down the tubes. I don't know. There's, there's there's still better players in La Liga than there are in. Well, yeah, but still, I mean, if. If we're being honest, La Liga or Bundesliga, if you want to pick one of the two right now, where you want to go? But Bundesliga, but that's for yeah. competitiveness. If you want to play for a big team, you go to La Liga. Well, yeah, but you want to pay, play for a big team, which is searching for its former glory, then be my guest. But there's there's also one thing that gets me, right? Frankie de Jong is valued at $114 million on uh, in the transfer market, Joshua Kimmich is valued at 100 million. If we're being dead honest right now, Frankie de Jong is playing in a Barcelona midfield that is just, or in a Barcelona team at the minute that is just utter trash. And I would never ever take Frankie de Jong over Joshua Kimmich, not a not in a million years. Oh no, I don't. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't think there's any. No, of course not. <laughs> but we seem to be straying away from the from from our from the Premier League, where I want to go into a little bit of uh, depth of when talking about Manchester United, because oh, I'm sorry we have to, because that Leicester performance. Yeah. No, come on, come on, bring it. The defending. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I've got no defense for that. I was just waiting for the Ollie bashing to start. Well, okay, but here's a, here is the question. Do you think it is time for him to go? Honest question. No. Because re- apparently Ronaldo has already been asked who he would choose as a successor to 
uh, to Solskjaer and he's already said Zinedine Zidane, which I know is a massive issue for you. And I'm agreeing with you on that as well, because when we talked about it, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, it's an issue for me because Zinedine Zidane is arguably no better than Solskjaer. And people are going to go, but Zidane's won Champions League after Champions League. Yes, but he's won that with Ronaldo in his prime. The best players in every position in that Real Madrid team, bar probably the goalkeeper. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, uh, Tony Kroos in his prime. Casemiro was untouchable. Luka Modric, I think, won the Ballon d'Or one of those years. Yeah. Gareth Bale at his peak, Ronaldo at his peak, and Karim Benzema playing well. He's playing even better now that he's the main man. Uh, that's until he goes off to prison. <clears throat> Christ. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. He's still he's still getting charged for uh for for bribery. He no, was it prison. bribery? It'll no, be a fine and a slap on the wrist or something. Apparently, it's five years in prison and a 70K fine, which we all know 70K he probably makes in two days. Uh, sod it. He won't, go, he won't go to prison. It's the same with the tax evasion cases. Yeah, okay. Or Lucas Hernandez, he might go to prison as well. <laughs> That's a little bit funny because that woman is now his wife. <laughs> That's why I don't know what, how there could even be a case made. Like... In all honesty, the only people who actually have a case to make, like technically, yes, he did break the law. But if we're being honest, by that time, they were already all good. And, you know, they're married now. I'm sorry. They have a lame case. At this point, the courts are just making themselves look like absolute idiots. Hey, Spain. I'm back to Zinedine Zidane. Yes, Solskjaer, Zinedine Zidane. It wouldn't solve anything. and It wouldn't solve anything. No, and I'm not saying that he's free of criticism because that's just not true. But there's only so much you can do as a manager. Okay, yeah, picking Harry Maguire when he hadn't trained all week probably wasn't the best decision because he was at fault for arguably three of Leicester's goals. He loses the ball for Yuri Tielemann's uh, goal. He concedes the corner for Kaglar Soyuncu's goal. Uh, and he was the one who was marking Vardy until he got dragged forward for their third goal. So it, it wasn't Slabed's best night. <laughs> but, no, you could say that. But you, you can drill them all week. But if a team doesn't, if, if players aren't pressing on the pitch, you can't run on, drag them and make them press by dragging them around by their ear. No, you can't. But I'd also argue that that Manchester United team is now filled with so many top players. There have to be results. Ah, right. Another point. Oh, this is just denial upon denial, and I know it as well. But I don't think you can play all those players in one team. You can't play Pogba and Fernandez in that same team when Pogba's meant to be playing deeper because it ends up being two players trying to do the same job. So neither has the space to do anything. Yeah, okay, well, here's the thing, right? If you've got too many players, then you need one manager who can figure out a way to make all those players harmonize. And Solskjaer obviously can't get it done. 
but the th- that's that's the thing that gets me. You know, Rafael Varane joined, and in his first week, he it, he came out and and said in in interviews like he was amazed at how detailed the training sessions are. So, you know, sorry if you don't want to. I, we'll touch on this now, actually. We'll move on. Before we move on to the Bundesliga, we've actually got questions from listeners, which is quite nice. If you have a question, send it in. Yes, please. We like questions. So we have three. And the first one is uh, from Miguel. Big up, Miguel. Your man, Miguel. My guy. And it's, will Ronaldo be detrimental to the to the new Manchester United? And I know where he's coming from with that in the fact that the man just doesn't press. The man just doesn't have a defensive bone in his body. And he shouldn't, he shouldn't have to because there's, there's also nine other outfield players. Mm. Okay, I've got a perfect counter-argument for this. Okay. Jürgen Klopp, when he was still a Dortmund manager, said the moment Dortmund lost the grip on power in German football was the minute when Jupp Heynckes got Ribéry and Robin to defend. Both notoriously very lazy coming back. Exactly. The minute, and Klopp said, the minute Jupp Heynckes got them to defend, game over. Because they would run up and down the sidelines, double any player on the sideline and help out the left back or the right back. And they worked against the ball. And then you really had, at Bayern, you had a cohesive unit working against the team. The minute one single player stops defending, the whole defensive scheme, you're already playing with one man down. What's the point? If you're playing, I'm sorry, but you have to be able to defend. If you only attack for 90 minutes, you don't attack. You're not going at a one goal for 90 minutes in most cases. Okay. But my rebuttal to that would be Ronaldo isn't the only one that doesn't do it. You know, I've, oh, yeah. I've, watched, I mean, obviously- I've watched Paul Pogba have the audacity to come out and say, yeah, we don't know what's going wrong. We need to try and, you know, defend better and then lose the ball and, you know, jog back. Well, yeah, I'm not saying he's the, he's not the only one that, do, that, that that's not doing it. But I'm saying at this point, it doesn't matter if it's one or if it's all players. You need all 11 men behind the ball or yeah defending the ball it starts from the goalkeeper organizing his back line it goes all the way up to the first line of defense which is the striker he's the one who puts the first pressure there and he needs to work with the team to, together otherwise you're not going to win a football match that's the thing as well as like robert Lewandowski, for instance that bayern win things because Lewandowski at some point has gotten over his ego and actually tracks back Sometimes he's getting the ball at midfield. No, go on. To answer Miguel's question, what would you say? Will he be detrimental at some point? I don't think he will because he will score enough goals to counteract it. I think even though his defensive work rate is god-awful, his experience and the fact that he still bags goals, I mean, he's shown time and time again that he can come up and it doesn't matter which league, which team he does it for he will still score goals. The benefits outweigh the, the, the negatives or the pros outweigh the cons on this one. So I don't think he will be. Well, there we go. Question two is uh, it's from Dom. 
Who should Newcastle United's first signing be? Other than a new manager having, you know, parted company with Steve Bruce today. Start at the back. Get yourself a solid center back. Start playing, start playing those holes. I don't know who you could get at this point, but start playing the holes at the back because what is the, what, what's the phrase? Attack wins you games, defense wins you titles. I mean, Newcastle won't be winning it. They might win the championship next season. Wee. Wee. Yeah, that's the thing as well. I'd be lo- I'm going to be laughing my ass off when the Saudi consortium has to plan for a freaking championship run at it. And here's the thing. The EFL's financial fair play rules are stricter than the Premier League's. And they actually work. <laughs> they actually dock teams' points. <laughs> I, I had this oh. conversation in the gym the other day with someone and it was like, yeah, okay, you can go out and you can buy a Philip Coutinho, <laughs> which is probably something they'll do. They'll go and buy some marquee attacking player. Yeah, that's say, been washed up at all top clubs he's gone to. Look what we can do. We, you know, we'll buy you Philip Coutinho and Mauro Cardi. Well, that's if uh, Wanda lets him leave. That's if Wanda wants to move to the northeast. I highly doubt it. Imagine moving from Paris to Newcastle. <laughs> you just the depression would just set right in right away. <laughs> but that's the thing. There's more problems with that Newcastle team. Apart, all apart from, this is going to sound really harsh, but all apart from Alan St. Maximin, our championship yeah. fodder. Probably, yeah. Uh, and it's also down to the uh, to the club culture as well. It's not, it goes beyond the team. You're not going to fix that team overnight by just signing players. You're going to, you're going to have to do something drastically with the club culture as well. Yeah, because then you end up with, uh, with, a, <laughs> with a Schalke. Exactly. You know, you can bring in all these players. You can bring in, you know, certified goal scorers like Klasian Huntela. And defensive former greats now you at know, this M- point. Mustafi inside Kalasinac, and you'll still lose games 5 or 6 nil, and crash down all, in flames. Exactly. If at all, they'll probably bring more unrest to that changing room than they will bring, you know, solid experience. But yeah, I don't know. I'd say it's hard to peg one signing that Newcastle have to make. They're going to have to revamp that whole club management structure before they actually make anything of that club. I, I yeah, but I'm going to say they'll probably end up signing someone like Philip Coutinho. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Or bring back James Rodriguez from uh from the from from, from the depths of the Middle East. Nah, he's he's done. He's finished as far as I'm concerned. I don't want to see him back in the Premier League. He's just gone for the money grab at this point. I mean, he'd get them. He'd they'd be relegated anyway. That no, nothing yeah. will change my mind this season that Newcastle were going down. Here's a signing they should make: Santiago Munez. <laughs> oh, they actually signed someone with a very similar name. I know everyone's been hyping up that he's basically the goal movie in person. Fuck yeah, they got nothing else to do. Just throw him up front. No, no, and then then they need to get Gavin Harris. I'm sure Matty or Sean Longstaff can play the role of uh, Gavin Harris. Nah, but Gavin Harris isn't a Geordie. He's a 
He's he's a he's a Cockney geezer. I don't think I need Londoners in that team. Sign oh. Harry Winks from Spurs. There you go. Uh, oh. And uh, finally, a nice little segue into the Bundesliga with this one. This is from Louis. <laughs> Why isn't Julian Brandt given enough credit for being a certified baller? <laughs> I don't know where the obsession comes from. I've asked him where it comes from. He just went, a baller, isn't it? Like, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. Um, in all honesty, he was hyped up so much. Way too much, in my opinion. He well, was a- touted with a move to Bayern. If he had gone to Bayern, he would have been washed. He would have been chewed up and spit out right away after one season. Because he's already been... He's, he's That's already happened to him at Dortmund. He barely plays for Dortmund. He doesn't have any single say, you know, when it comes to the playing style. They just don't... Like, he's... He's a weird one because he's, he used to be this flaring attacking player. And then as he's gotten older, he's sort of slowly gone backwards in, in, in the, in the, on the pitch. And he's moved almost to sort of like a center midfield role. And then they try and put him on the wings again. And then all of a sudden he just tries to pull into the, pull into the center again. He was so good at Leverkusen. And now he's just kind of like, yeah, he's kind of petered out. Well, that's the thing I was going to ask you because he was, in that similar vein, mentioned in a similar conversation to Kai Havertz and now Florian Wirtz. Yeah. But it just hasn't happened for him. And do you think it's a case of the fact that Dortmund had so many coaches in so many years? It could be because he joined Dortmund probably in the, to the worst. If he, if he maybe joined under Klopp, it would have been a lot better for him. Obviously he's too young for that to have happened, but he just, Oh, it was so, so hard. Like, imagine how, going through as many managers as Dortmund have gone through in the last few years. And you just have to think, Peter Bosch, Thomas Tuchel, uh, Jürgen Klopp, you know, towards the end. Um, Do you know what? I'd forgotten Ethan about Favre. I'd forgotten so about Bosch. Exactly. He was only there for so long. <laughs> A few months, really. Edin Terzic and now Marco Rose. Exactly. And don't forget Lucien Favre, who was, you know, the mentality monster, a.k.a. not. So, yeah, I I don't know, Lou. He was good and now he's not very good. Yeah. Is that fair? He's got, he has his moments. That's why people see him as a baller. Oh, like that roulette goal he scored against Leipzig two years ago. Oh, yeah. He's only got his, but that's the problem. He only has his moments. Anything after that is just not much. Mm. Oh, well. Moving into the Bundesliga for real. Well, I've uh, seen before we get to the actual Bundesliga topics, I think we have to address what happened yesterday because we are talking about Dortmund and we already dropped the whole mentality <laughs> thing. And going down the tubes in Amsterdam, 4 0. And then the manager in the press conference. Praising your biggest title rival, probably in Bayern. It's not great, is it? Nah, it really isn't. I think Marco Rosa could have left the comparison to Bayern out of it, <laughs> but the fact that a manager, after not not half a season, has already resurfaced the whole mentality question at Dortmund, 
is pretty telling that there is some something drastically wrong in that culture because he's not wrong. He said it himself. After 2-0, the players let their heads hang. No one really had any answers, and that was just it. And, like, in all honesty, I can't blame him for making the comparison. Like, obviously, it's not exactly the best thing you could have done, but the comparison, nonetheless, is pretty fitting because he said – Joshua Kimmich doesn't let his head hang and his shoulders drop and starts getting an attitude, you know, and starts, you know, uh, you know, basically just waving, waving off any, any, any poor passes or whatnot. You know, he, he gets angry, he gets pissed and he then goes in and maybe gets a yellow card for stamping on a player's foot, but he shows that he cares and he shows that he wants to turn it around. And, you know, he said, you know, when Bayern go down two nil, that house is on fire. And when Dortmund go down 2-0, it's like, eh, okay, well, the house is falling falling apart. We might as well just let it fall apart for real. And I can't blame him because it's happened time and time again. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Marco Reus is captain. Not a leader. Not a leader. Do you think that's been done more out of not nostalgia, but the fact that he's just been there so long. His service to the club, yes. Surely, Mats Hummels is your is your captain. Yeah, but even Hummels at this point, he's not always like he's he's now he's now just getting old. He's getting too slow to track back. Someone in the comments said it uh, on the Sky Sports post. You know, get yourself someone with you know with some pace. Bayern have. Upamecano, Zule, Davies, all with pace for days. Lucas Hernandez, they all are pacey, even for center backs. They're still, they've still got pace about them. Put a ball past Mats Hummels and have someone who's you know moderately fast. He's going to blaze past Hummels and Hummels won't have a chance. Because as good as his positioning is, positioning will only save you so often when it comes to uh, you know, a fast break. You need to be able to also rely on, you know, a little bit of pace to get you out of a small positioning mishap. And Hummels two or three times, he'll have his good moments and clear it off the line like he did yesterday at the beginning of the game, but game over after that. I'm sorry, you just need more, you need faster players at the back, you need a better mentality, you need some leaders in that team. There are no leaders in that team. Absolutely none. Well, before we... uh move on from Dortmund. I don't want uh, this to be a complete, you know, let's shit on Dortmund. (laughs) So uh, Marco Rose became the first Dortmund manager to win five of his first home games. So, See, it's not, but that's also the thing, it's not going badly, but which is why I was so surprised by yesterday. It's not bad in the the league. But it's just, you know... it always happens to Dortmund at some point, you know, everything's going well. And then some people, they get a bit of praise. And then after they get a bit of praise, it just goes to shit. Pretty much. <laughs> so before we talk buy-in and total dominance, I just wanted to bring up the fact that <laughs> one of the games this weekend, Greuther Fertz against VFL Bochum. It's been 12 years since Greuther Fertz won a Bundesliga game. 
Uh, no, sorry, cut that. Greuther Firth have never won a Bundesliga game and it's been 12 years since Bochum won away and it finished 1-0 to VfL Bochum. So at least uh, one unwanted record has ended. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a duel of the uh, newly promoted teams, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, I wish for never I... win a Bundesliga game. Imagine the scenes. Even Norwich will win what? Well, I don't know about this season. Well, well, but, you know, even the last time they came up, they beat Man City. They beat Spurs. True. Surely, law of averages: you play enough games, you will win one, even if it's by like you know some scrappy one nil defending that for bad your life. to keep coming up. Do you have to think about the fact that then they've only gotten points in the Bundesliga through draws? That's insane. It must be so depressing. It must be, yes, we're back up. Oh, no, we've never won a game. <laughs> I hope Bochum stay up because they're, they're like a traditional club. They should come back in. I'd rather have Bielefeld go down. Like, come on. No, nah, nah. you're only saying that because Astrid likes Bochum. No. Bayern have a fan uh, have a fan partnership with uh, Bochum. Sorry. Imagine sharing fans with another club. Wouldn't get out in the Premier. You don't share fans, but they have like the fan clubs are friendly with each other. Like they'll it, it's it's to the point where the Bayern Ultras will will also support the Bochum Ultras if they get into a fight with some of their rivals. What is Germany? Is it, <laughs> is it, is it English football in the sixties and seventies? No, it's just English football without having the fan culture priced out. Well, yeah, okay. Might I suppose not. German ultras don't throw bricks at each other either, do they? I was about to say, the, the, in England, you either have, you know, freaking theater-like audience who are clapping for everyone, or you've got the total dicks, uh, dickwads who are throwing bricks at each other. Like, there's, there's, there's only black and white. There's two extremes, but you don't have something in the middle. We've all seen Green Street. <laughs> That's what it's like. I'm <laughs> joking. It's not like that anymore. Jesus. Speaking of fans, 75,000 of them packed into the Allianz this weekend coming. And the Ultras have today just made their intentions known that they will be back in full, in full force. And... That means the atmosphere in the Allianz Arena will not be one that is been likened to a third Bundesliga club. I'll be honest, as long as the ultras are so loud that I can't make out the horrendous goal music you play, I think I'll be all right. I was about to say, I hate the fact we used to have. Exactly. We have the freaking can can now. You know what we used to have? I mean, even that's not with the white Any stripes. We had Seven Nation Army. Do you know how yeah, sick that was? Any goal music is is Tim Pot. No. Yes. Any I'm sorry, goal the music white stripes. I will take the white stripes any day. But this can can bullshit is it makes my ears bleed every time. I'd say I I'd say it makes me not want to score. But then again, that that's just BS. We I'd be embarrassed that. to support Bayern Munich if I were you. Would you though? <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I, I don't think I can, you know, my, my allegiances for German football are now firmly in the camp of Union Berlin. Because of Taiwo Awoni, isn't it? Yes, because of Taiwo Awoni and Max Cruz. When I called that transfer, 
that is forever going happen. to be you're gonna you're gonna hold on to that for dear life aren't you you're bloody right i am if i ever meet an union berlin fan because like, oh wow i love watching your team play and by the way i, I called the max transfer. cruz was gonna sign three weeks before it happened <laughs> you're gonna put it on your freaking calling card aren't you it's on my cv exactly exactly on the cv it's going to be on your uh on your what do you call those cards the the business oh, card business card that's the one jesus christ oh, switch freaking... on yeah exactly okay but see speaking of Bayern, there have been a bunch of I don't know. There, there have been a bunch of causes like, yeah, you know, they're going to the, the, the buy-in dominance is, is going to be annoying. You know, they're, now they're, they've just, they've just completely destroyed Leverkusen in the span of seven minutes with four goals. Um, it's, it's just going to be so annoying. It's just going to be so annoying watching them play again and again and again. And, you know, they should, we should do something about it. It's like, yeah, do something about it. It's not Bayern's fault that everyone is so unbelievably bad. I'm sorry, but Leverkusen, that was god-awful. You're at home for crying out loud. I, I was going to bring this up because someone said to me, how can you enjoy watching that when it's just so, you know, they're just so good? They're not that good. That was a case of Leverkusen being utter, utter trash. Like painfully bad oh they were so unbelievably bad but Bayern were also that much better you know they just I don't know they 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 did miss Ed uh taps over especially when he came on in the second half they were that much stronger at the back and if we're playing the game here you know they won the second half one nil so do with that what you will <laughs> okay okay you know, Big Shicky carrying on from where he left off in the Euros. Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm sorry, but the, at that point, Bayern already subbed on Stanisic before halftime. I know. I said that to you at the time. That's just an embarrassment. It really is. It really is. I'm sorry. It's just that. Although, it did, it did make my, you know, my efforts to try and convince the world that Florian Wertz is better than Jamal Musiala a little bit tainted. But Florian Verts did get the assist for Schick's goal and Musiala didn't get anything. So, hashtag Verts 27. Also, when you say I mean, everyone okay. said we should do something and stop buying, how about the, the other 17 clubs in the Bundesliga stop selling their best players and in some cases, giving them their manager? Thank you. Because from Leipzig in the summer, you had their manager, their best centre-half, and their best midfielder. You've had I'm Lewandowski exactly. and, this, and this Mario Goetze. This, this is also the thing, right? People are always like, oh, yeah, but they're always, they're always like doing stuff and they're, they're always buying all the best players. Like, I'm sorry, but the clubs don't have to sell. They don't. Bayern can always ask and inquire about the players, but they, at the end of the day, it's the clubs who sell. So don't give me this BS about oh Bayern are always buying every good player in the league. Like no, they don't have to be. They don't. They, they don't have to sell to Bayern. It's not their fault. I, Honestly, I mean, if we're going with that theme, you even managed to get Leroy Sane. It just took a bit of a roundabout way to getting him. A little bit, a little bit. So you know, 
And yeah, it, but I, I'm not saying it doesn't happen in the Premier League. It does, but there's more clubs that do it in the Premier League. And there's also a lot more money in the Premier League where even smaller clubs have the money to make ridiculous buys, a.k.a. Wolves. We are the obsession. Exactly. Flex. <sighs> so what, are we going 10 in a row then? I mean, I don't see any, any club being able to take it to Bayern. Do you? No. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. Please let me be around when Manuel Neuer retires. I'm going to cry. Because that, that season after that is going to be so horrible for you. Nah, maybe we'll get Mark Anlitestig. Great. All those fantastic saves he's been pulling off for Barcelona. I mean, in all honesty, he'll be, he'll be washed out. And uh, Loris Carrias is available for free next summer. Who? Loris Carrias, youngest ever goalkeeper playing the Bundesliga. No, don't fancy that. No, no, I'm not feeling that really. No? Oh, if we ignore the constant mistakes and seeming inability to goalkeep, I'd rather have Alex Nubel at that point. Oh, what a man! A spectacularly underrated net shepherd. Here's the thing, right? He's actually been doing kind of good, or he's been doing Monaco. quite well we for Monaco. But it's Monaco. Anyone, why, I'm sorry. He's yeah. He's not. He's, he's not Bayern level material. How old is he? He's our age. And where was Manuel Neuer playing at our age? Starting for Germany at the World Cup 2010. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't help my case. <laughs> okay, ignore ignore that I asked that question. Also, that Schalke team was playing in the Champions League as well. So they had Rintela, really... they had they had uh Raul. They Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay. Well, let's oh look over that. I didn't make that comparison. You're oh. really gonna suffer when he when he retires, and it's really oh, gonna be so funny. So, because I'm still taking Naya over every other goalkeeper on this planet, even though he's 35, almost 36. You'd have one season of Sven Ulreich. Dude, we already had one season of Sven Ulreich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it cost us in the world, in the, in the, in the, world, in the uh, Champions League f- semifinal, to be fair. He made some great saves. He was decent. I forgot about that. Okay, yeah, maybe you'll be all right. Yeah, I'll take Sven Ulreich. Fuck yeah. My guy. Okay, yeah, I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't know who the hell we're going to get after that. Jesus. It's not looking good. I'm tell- I'll tell you that much. It'll be even better when Lewandowski retires. <laughs> well, let's hope that we get Haaland, even though that's not going to happen. No. Come to United. We'll probably go Chelsea in all honesty. Oh, God. No. No. I don't even want to think about that. Although they just got Lukaku. What am I talking about? Yeah, well, f- Roman Abramovich is the kind of horrible man that will go play them both up front. Here's the thing, right? Lewandowski said in an interview that he wouldn't mind playing with Haaland. I find that funny. Yeah, but everyone's going to say, you're not going to say, no, I don't want any shit. <laughs> it's not, this isn't a case of you ask any manager, it's like, so, Oli, uh, you used to coach Haaland at Mulder. Would you have him at United? No. Why would I want him? Of course, the manager's going to sit there and go, yes, very much so. And if anyone's listening, please, please come to United. 
<laughs> but there you have it. <laughs> well, despite the technical difficulties and the, the day late record and Lewis having to walk a mile to his car to get his phone charger, I think that's been quite a good episode. Yeah. I particularly enjoyed the questions. So if anyone oh, has any more, they don't necessarily have them. to be about Premier League or Bundesliga. It might Just be some nice. Some food for thought. Some food for thought questions. Some thought-provoking questions. Yeah, it might be nice to hear us talk utter bollocks about other leagues. As long as you don't have to tell me uh, or get me to talk about, you know, I don't know, cricket or whatever. Cricket's boring. People only go to cricket to drink to make it more exciting. Anyway, I think it says a lot about a sport when you have to get shit faced to enjoy it. You said it. <laughs> well, on that note, I'd say don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to AT Sports News on socials. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then also make sure to check out our previous episodes on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. We hope you enjoy all of our previous stuff and daily updates on everything in the world of football but thank you very much for listening guys keep calm love the beautiful game